Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us here at Believer's Victory Church. Today we have an inspiring, powerful message that will change your life. Let's listen in as Pastor Peggy Heal teaches us from the Word of God. Praise the Lord! It's great to be in church today! Woo! Can you believe it's January 19th? Holy smokes! Praise the Lord. But it's great to be here today. Amen. We are uh, 14 days into our 21 days of prayer and fasting and uh, just having an amazing time. And if that's new to you, I just encourage you to find somebody who knows what's going on and uh, but just give you the brief version of it. We make a decision every year for our church that we're going to give God the first of our year. And so the first 21 days, we don't have any other events. We don't have anything else going on. We have prayer every day. And many of us in here, not everyone, but many of us, we choose to fast. And what that means is we just make a decision that I'm going to remove something from my life, uh, so, you know, whether it be food or whether it be uh, social media or whatever it is, I'm going to remove that from my life to make room for God to move in my life. Amen. And so as I fast, as I Turn off, turn off something, whether it's television. I know some people are fasting, TV, social media. Uh, some people are doing the full-on Daniel fast. And whatever you're doing, you've moved that aside. You said, you know what? I'm going to put this aside. I'm going to make that choice to do that. And as I do that, I'm going to connect more with God. And so we make a decision in these 21 days. We're going to disconnect from all the things that fill our lives up and, and even things that we enjoy. So listen, if you're fasting Brussels sprouts, you may, you may not get the same, uh, you may not get very much from it. You know what? Because I, I read this in a book that I, I like to read a lot about fasting while I'm fasting because it keeps me encouraged about it. Amen. And, uh, and I read a quote in a book and it said, if it's not a big deal to you, it won't be a big deal to God. You know, if so, if it's not a big deal to you, it's not going to be a big deal to God. So whatever we're fasting, you know, let's make it something that matters. And so as we put aside something that matters to us, we're just disconnecting from that. And as I disconnect from that, you know what I'm doing? I'm connecting more to the things of God. Doesn't that sound like a great way to start your first of the year? And so as we do that, we're just applying what we call the principle of first. We're putting the first of our year and we're saying, Lord, we're going to give you these 21 days. We're going to give you these days. We're going to give you the first of our year. And we expect what we do in the beginning of this year to have impact all the way through the year. Doesn't that sound good? good. And so anyway, we're on day number 14. Uh, so we're over halfway there. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Last night, listen, if you ever wondered if I love Jesus... Has anybody here ever wondered if I love Jesus? Well, I'm just going to I'm just going to get put your mind at ease. I love Jesus so much that last night right in front of me, within arm's reach, within arm's reach was a beautiful Publix birthday cake. Wait, wait. With Oreos on top of it. I mean, seriously. If I had just been dieting, I would have eaten that all night long. You know what I'm saying? I would have been like, oh, heck no. But I love Jesus, and I'm fasting that kind of stuff, and so I, I lived. I survived. I survived. And uh, day 14, hallelujah. Stretch your hands towards me. No, I'm kidding. I <laughs> So I 
my mind is set at ease. I, I truly know if I can turn down Oreos, I tell you, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. But uh, anyway, for those who are new here today, I can be serious. I promise you. I can. But here is our, I want to tell you, before you decide whether you're going to come back, let me tell you what the word for the year is for our church. <laughs> let me finish. You know, we've just, uh, we're, we're embarking on our new year. We've got a lot of great things. God wants to move. I love that song, I Know Breakthrough is Coming. Amen? I know. Why? Because God has made promises to me. But a lot of times, it's us. We're sitting at the light. We're sitting at the light, and God has turned the light green. He has made the way. He's made the breakthrough. He's given you what you need, but we're still just sitting there. Anybody do that? And when you sit at a light in South Florida and the light turns green, what do people do? Beep, beep. beep. <clears throat> it's time to move. And so we're giving ourselves... <laughs> This is a word from the Lord. This is a word from God. He's saying, beep, beep, it's time to move. The light is green. It's time to go. All last year, God spoke to us. He said that breakthrough, that we would have breakthrough, and so many breakthroughs happened in our church, in people's lives, in their finances, in their jobs, in their marriages, in their, in their, uh, in their health. We had just so many. It was incredible. But here's the thing. If we just sit at the green light, we're going to miss out on what's ahead, right? God's got, God's got more for us. And so as we're embarking into this year, as your pastor, <clears throat> I just want to say to you something very profound. Beep, beep. It's time to move. Let's move into what God has for us. Because listen, I said this last week and it's so true. A better life is one decision away. One decision. You say, how can that be? Because one decision will lead to another and to another. You know, I look back on my own life and I will never forget the, the, just a moment, I call it my moment of decision in my life. I was on both sides of the fence. Everybody know what that means? You're on both sides of the fence. You're at church on Sunday, the club on Saturday, and sometimes they blend. Anybody ever? I'm sure that's nobody in here. But that's where I was, you know? You, you know, you just going on both sides, both sides. And I'll never forget I had a moment of decision where I just decided, you know what, enough. I got to beep, beep. Get moving in the right direction. And I'm so thankful. I, ne I, never, I never went back. I've never gone back. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful for that moment. And here's the thing. So often as believers, we know what to do. We have enough of Jesus in us. We know what to do. But yet we're, we're still, you know, our lives aren't representing the fullness that God has for us. The fullness of joy, the fullness of peace, the fullness of purpose, the fullness of, uh, of knowing what to do and whose you belong to. Our lives don't represent that. And so then we're like, oh, you know, this Christian thing is not really working for me. And, you know, um, that's why you stay half in and half out. Anything you do half in and half out, it's not going to work right. And so... The thing about it is we need to give God access into every area of, of, of our life, not just some. Because when we're only giving this half, I'm only going to give him my Sunday, you know what's going to happen? The rest of the week isn't going to have the 
fullness that God has for us. And it's not God. A lot of times he gets blamed. It's like, oh, this doesn't work. You know, whenever people say that to me, like, oh, that Christian thing doesn't work, I just look up and say, you did it wrong. You did it wrong because it does work. You got, you got, you got 2,000 years of history to prove it works. Amen. You got a lot to prove it works. But the thing that we do is that we've got, we've got these high hopes. We're like, man, you know, I need God to do this in my life. I, I got high hopes and big dreams, high hopes and big dreams for what we want God to do in our life, but we got low habits. We got low habits. We're like, man, I, I need a breakthrough. You know, I want God to do this. And, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, I had a guy tell me, actually he was telling Scott, I was eavesdropping. Um, he said, you know, I want to, I want to be a pastor. I want to be a minister. And Scott was just like, dude, you need to come to church. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, he's got high hopes and low habits. You know what I mean? And the thing is what, that's how we are so often. We're like, man, I need God to move. I want to have the joy that I see in other people. I want to have the peace of God. I want, I, I want, I want, I want. But then we're like, well, I don't really feel like it. You know, I don't really feel like doing much, you know. And so today I just want to talk to you about giving a little push, amen, giving a little push, a little boost, because the light is green. That life that you envision is yours. Amen. It belongs to you. God has a promise for you. Jesus said, I came. If you ever wonder why Jesus came, he came for you. He said himself, I came. So that you would have life and life to the fullest. He didn't come to wag his finger at you. He didn't come to tell you all the wrong things you're doing. He didn't tell you, come to beat you down. He came to lift you up. He came to lift you into the person that really you want to be. Amen? That person of peace, that person of joy, that pe person of comfort, that peace, person of stability. Amen? So many people are hungry for stability. That's found in God. But you know, Jesus preached a message while he was on the earth. And he, he, all, everything he said had a very common thing. And he even said, from now on, from now on. And this was his message. It was in Matthew chapter 3, verse number 2. Now when we, when we read this, you've got to have an open mind. Amen? It's funny to me how people are so open-minded about everything except for the things of God. You'll listen to anybody talk about anything, but somebody wants to talk to you about God, you're like, oh, I'm not into that. I'm not into that. But you'll listen to all kind of other crazy. You know, sometimes you just got to say, you know what, maybe there is something to this. Maybe there's something to over 2,000 years of people saying the same thing. Maybe there is something to history. Maybe there is something to uh, miracles that take place. Maybe there is something to prophecies that are fulfilled. Maybe there is something to the amazing, amazing amounts of proven historical fact that say that Jesus Christ lived and was resurrected. Maybe something to that. Amen? You just got to be open to it. You know, just because you had a bad experience with one bonehead who is a Christian, don't throw the rest of us out. Amen? Just because some crazy guy's on TV doing crazy stuff, don't let that represent Jesus. Amen? There's more to it than one person. There's more to it than one church. There's one, more to it than one, one flaky person. There's much more to it. 
And so we just got to make a decision. You know, I always tell people, listen, it's not my job to prove to you God exists. He'll take care of that. That's not my job. My job is to preach the gospel. It's God's job to make it happen. And he does that. And so I don't know why I'm on this topic, but maybe somebody in here today, you're kind of like, meh. I want to encourage you, just give God a chance. Because if you'll be open to him, he'll come in. But if you slam the door, he won't. He won't. Because he won't violate your will. If you say no to him, he's still there. And he still loves you. And he still has everything for you. But you have to be open. Doesn't mean you have to, you know, jump all in. Just be open. Make a decision. Hey, maybe there is something to this. Let me find out for myself. Instead of listening to everybody else. Let me, I always say this. I pre, for, from kids all the way up, I tell them, always go to the source. Don't believe things people say about other people just because they said it. Go to the source. Same thing is true about God. Don't believe things everybody says about him. Go to the source. What's the source? The Bible. Amen? And so that's all free. It's not even in my notes here. It's all freebie. <laughs> but over in Matthew, Jesus is preaching, and this is a common message that he preached, and he said this in Matthew chapter 3, verse number 2. He said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And this has been our, our text scripture for this. But a lot of times when people hear the word repent, you automatically feel bad. Like, oh, you're going to talk about all the things I've done wrong. You know, oh, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. That's not what this means. When Jesus said repent, he was telling people, listen, change your direction. That's all it means, change your direction. You're going into the direction where you are the king, king of your own kingdom. And Jesus is saying, hey, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. He's saying, listen, change your direction, there's better. Change your direction, there's help. Change your direction, there's healing, there's stability, there's comfort, there's joy, there's peace. Change your direction. That's all the word repent means is change. The Greek word is, it's, it's a word, they get the word metamorphosis. You know, the caterpillar, how many know all this story? The caterpillar turns into the butterfly, right? Jesus is saying, listen, you can live a life of a caterpillar, say it with me, or you can change. You can change. And so when Jesus says repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, he's not slamming you down saying, oh, man, you're so wrong, you're so rotten, you're so dirty, you're so this. He's lifting you up saying, hey, you can change direction. You can change direction. You can change. You have the power to change. You know, listen, we're not victims of our circumstances. We don't have to be. You can live by, the, by your circumstances or you can make a decision to live by your decisions because decisions change circumstances. No matter how bad they are, the right decisions can change them in time. And so Jesus is saying, repent. And so we've got to ask ourselves, how much of my life have I given over to Jesus? How much of, have, am I open to him to let him be the king of my life because he says, repent, listen, change. The kingdom of God is at hand. And then some people think the things of God are so complicated, you know, or it's so hard. You're like, oh, I can't do that. 
I can't do that. It's too hard. Jesus said, it's at hand. It's within reach. It's right within reach. Your life being better is within your reach. Amen? Hear that again. Your life being better is within your reach. It takes a change. Amen? Just, 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 you know, and we say, oh, I'm going to, you know, and people get caught up in the can'ts. Oh, well, that means I can't do this and can't do this and can't do this, do it, can't do that. Come on, everybody. Every, nobody? Nobody. I'm up here all alone, up here all alone. You know, you get so caught up in the can't. So I can't do that. Oh, I can't do this. I don't want any part of it. I can't do this. I don't want any part of it. Listen, Jesus is not about can'ts. He's not about can'ts at all. Not at all. He's about you. He's about you. He's not telling you what you can't do. He's telling you to just turn towards him. Amen? Just turn towards him. Don't worry about what you're doing. Turn towards him. And you know what? As you do that, that better life begins to happen. Because if you say no to Jesus because of what you can't do, you're missing out on all you can do. Amen? You're missing it. It's not about the can'ts. And so, so many people sit on the sideline of God, of a relationship with God, because they're so consumed with what they heard somebody say they can't do. Even Paul said, you can do anything. You can do anything and still love Jesus. And sometimes that, like religious people, they're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Listen, there's no sin that will send you to hell. None. Not one. Not one. There's no sin that will keep you from having a relationship with Jesus. Not one. But as you have your relationship with Jesus, what happens is you change. And until you're ready to change, God's still right there. God still loves you. God's still on your side. He still empowers you. He still helps you. And he still says, repent. Change your direction. Just keep focusing on Jesus. Keep heading towards the kingdom of God. And if you do that, that better life that God has for you will happen. You have God's word on it. But don't get caught up in the can'ts because you'll find that what you, that your wants change. You'll find your wants change. C.S. Lewis said this. A lot of people know who he is. Of course, he's a famous author. He wrote um, a, lot of move, a lot of books been turned into the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. He wrote that. And he said this. Human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. Isn't that good? Human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. You know what? There isn't anything. There isn't anything. So in Romans chapter 13, verse number 11, I'm going to read this out of the message paraphrase because I like how the message, it's a paraphrase, but it makes it kind of helps clarify some scripture sometimes. And it says this, it says, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day -day obligations that you lose 
lose track of the time and doze off oblivious to God. Man, and that's what happens to us. We get so caught up in all the day-to-day things that suddenly we're like oblivious to the things of God. And it says the night is about to take, is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. You know what God's saying? He's saying, listen, you got born again. You received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but he's still at work in you. There's still more to do. He says we can't afford to waste a minute. Must not squander these precious daylight hours and frivolity and indulgence and sleeping around and dispensation and bickering and grabbing everything in sight. He says, get out of bed and get dressed. Don't, don't loiter and linger waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. Come on now. Man, isn't that good? It's like, whoa, let's kick 2020, right? Let's kick it. Let's go. Because he says this. You know, the thing about it is there's that moment when we allow God into different aspects of our life. And that's what we're going for. Because here's the thing. Uh, somebody sent me this quote yesterday. I thought it was so good. They, it says, Jesus transformed. Man, how many would like to have your life just transformed into something so much better? You ever look at your life and you think like, man, this is it? This is it? You know what? No, it's not. There is more. And it says, Jesus transformed common dock workers and net casters into authors of history's greatest book and founders of his greatest movement. What will he do with you? Isn't that good? You think about the disciples. They were the most common of the common. They were fishermen. They were dock workers. They were accountants. They were just regular people. And God transformed them into, um, into the people who wrote the Bible by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. They transformed them into the greatest preachers of all time, the greatest pastors to ever live. God is in the transformation yeah. business. What will he do with us? But here's the thing all those people had in common. They followed Jesus. They followed him. They laid stuff down for him. They said, Jesus, whatever, whatever. They didn't always agree. They didn't always get it, but they went with him. They went with him. Every, wherever he went, they went. And, you know, when we're looking for transformation, we got to make a decision. Jesus, whatever you go, I go. Whatever you say, I say. Amen? And so today, I just want to give you a little beep, beep. You guys ready for it? Let's look at just a few things as we're moving into 2020. Because I don't know about you, but I do not want to, I don't want to relive 2019. Not that it was bad. It had a lot of good. had some challenges in it, just like I'm sure yours did. It had some great stuff. It had some not so great stuff. had some hard stuff. had some fun stuff. had a lot of stuff, right? But I just, I want to be in a different place. I want to be in a different place. I want to look back on my year and say, man, I did some things for Jesus. How about you? Or man, God healed some wounds on the inside of me. I was, you know, God, God helped my mind. God help me. I got free from things that were holding me back. You know, let's have some change. But, you know, we, we said this last week, you know, uh, Henry Ford said, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you always did, always had. You know what I mean? 
And then, you know, we all have lots of sayings like that. And we're, you know, at the beginning of the year, we're all like, man, it's going to be my year. This is a year. This is it. And then we get to the end of the year, and it's like we were a quarter of the way there, or an eighth of the way there, halfway there, and maybe, maybe you made it there. I don't know. But what happens? We got high hopes, low habits. So let, let's, let's get some high hopes, high habits, or right habits, right? Let's, let's make some right decisions. Because however 2019 was, it was a result of, and I don't want to bust your bubble, but it was a result of your decisions. Just like mine was a result of mine. And so I got to own that. And so in order to own that, let's make some changes. And so here you go. Watch your toes now. Here's the thing. Number one, it's time. That's our whole theme. It's time. It's time to go. The light is green. It's time to rethink what I allow to enter my mind and my body. I got, we got to rethink that. We got to rethink it. And some of that's like severe issues, you know? There's some things just shouldn't be in our body, right? Amen. There's some things we're letting too much of it. I got to rethink how many Reese cups I let into my body. I'm just being honest with you. If I, if I want to be different at the end of this year, I got to rethink that. And so I got to rethink what I allow to enter my mind and enter my body. You know, I was, um, I was looking up and, and just, just, you know, some of the things we allow into our, we're just, so com- we're just so comfortable with stuff we shouldn't be comfortable with. We're supposed to be different. If you're a believer in here, if you're a, a follower of Christ, you got to ask yourself, are you, is, would Jesus be there? Would Jesus watch that? Would Jesus take that? Right? Say, so, oh, but it's legal. Listen, just because something's legal don't mean it, doesn't mean it's right for you. Doesn't mean it's right for you. We've got to rethink it. Ask yourself, is this helping me get to the life I want or not? The Bible has a lot to say in 1 Corinthians 10.23. This is Paul writing it, and this is for all you I canters. This is for you. He says, I have the right to do anything. I have the right to do anything. You say, but not everything is beneficial. Another way is, I have the right to do anything but not everything is constructive. You know, I have the right. You know, I remember one time a, a young girl when I was, um, a, I was her youth pastor, and some things that ha- actually my brother had passed away. And so she said to me, she said, you know, she goes, I really wish I could just take you out and we could have some beers. She goes, I really wish I could just take you out and make you feel better. You could have some beers so you would feel better because I just feel so bad that, you know, your brother died and, and you have so much going on. And I looked at her and, I, and she goes, but I know you can't do that. I know you can't do that. And I looked at her <clears throat> and I said, listen, I can drink as many beers as I want. I can drink beer all day if I want. I can drink a beer standing up here right now if I want. I don't want to. I don't want to. Because the thing is, is that I, it's not about what you can't do. It's about what you choose to do. Paul said, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Because I told her, I said, what's that beer going to do? That beer can't do what the Holy Ghost does. That beer can't do what God does. That beer is a very, very temporary thing. 
And it has a, it has a, a temporary effect, first of all, a good effect, but then it has a very long-term negative effect. And I said, what's that beer going to do? I said, listen, don't fool yourself into thinking comfort comes from anywhere besides the Father God. And I said, so listen, you want to go out, you want to talk, you want to, you know, you want to be my friend, that's great. But don't fool yourself into a counterfeit. I don't need that. I don't want that. Not that I can't. I just know what it really is. I know what it really is. It's a counterfeit. It's a cheap counterfeit. And so Paul says here, this is the Apostle Paul. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was one of the greatest uh, uh, preachers of all time. And he said, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. Not everything is beneficial. And so we've got to rethink. You know, everybody wants to say what they're allowed to do. You know, they say, oh, well, grace. I can do this because of the grace of God. That is a true statement, but should you do it? Should you do it? Is it leading to the life you want? We need to rethink some things. What I'm letting in my mind and what I'm letting in my body. Listen, there's some things that are just not for us to see because it has an impact. People say, oh, that doesn't impact me. Stop doing it for 30 days and see how different you are. People are like, oh, that doesn't impact me. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't do anything to me. Whatever you let in forms your decisions, forms your beliefs, forms your actions. It begins to form you. I remember one of the young people, all of a sudden they started, they were talking and they're talking kind of funny. And I looked at him and I was like, have you been watching Jim Gaffigan? And they were like, yeah, how did you know? And I said, because you sound like him. For those of you guys who don't know, that's a comedian. And he has a distinct way of talking. He'll like talk and then he'll whisper like this. And so this person that I was talking to, they were talking, they were they were mimicking his mannerisms. So much so that I was looking at him and I was like, have you been watching Jim Gaffigan? Because I recognized it immediately and I'm not even a Jim Gaffigan fan. I've just seen him a couple times. And they were like, how did you know? I said, because you're acting like him. See, what we take in, it comes out. That's just, that's just the, the, the law of nature. What comes in? goes out. That's true with your mind. If you're, if you, you know, all these things about people are like, oh, I, I love watching, you know, some of these shows where all people do is fight and argue and bicker and complain. And then suddenly you're fighting, arguing, bickering, complaining. And you're like, what happened? What are you watching? What are you letting in? We got to rethink what we're letting into our mind, letting into our body. Psalms 141 verse four out of the new living, it says this, don't let me drift toward evil or take part in acts of wickedness. Don't let me share in the delicacies of, the, delicacies of those who do wrong. Listen, I'm talking to believers here. I'm talking to people who say, man, I'm a Christian. I'm living for Jesus. We've got to make a decision of what we're letting in, our, our mind and what we're letting in our body. There's just some things that are not for us. They're not for us. 
And so it's, you know, we're saying, man, I want the life God has for me. I want to be different at the end of this year. I want to fulfill the plans and the dreams God has for me. I see myself doing some stuff. I got high dreams. Well, you better have high habits. We got to make changes. You want to have a different year, you got to have different, you got to do different things. That's not rocket science, right? It's like, if you want to have something different, you got to do something different. Woo, mind blown, right? It's a mind blower. Next thing is about finances. It's time to organize my finances around just the three principles, give, save, and live. Isn't that a good way to put it? Be a giver, be a saver, be a liver. Amen? A liver. (laughs) (laughs) Be a giver. Yeah, I had a late night. Be a saver. You know, the thing is, every year, people are always like, man, you know, my finance. That's one of the big things people deal with, you know, finances. We all deal with finances. Listen, if you want to be in a different spot financially, you got to make different decisions with your money. That's just all there is to it. You got to make different decisions. You say, I want to be in a different spot. I want to have my bills paid. I want to have my debt paid. I want to have some money in the bank. Well, you can't keep spending money the exact same way that did not lead to any of those results. Right? If you want to have a different result financially, you got to do things differently financially. And wherever, that's one of the big things I hear every year. It's like, oh, man, you know, I, at the beginning of the year, people are like, this, this year I'm going to get debt-free. I'm going to pay things off. Well, in order to do that, you only have so much money, right? You got to do something different with it. And so just a good principle to live by is give, do things God's way. God's way always works. Give, save. We need to have little savings or even a big savings. Amen? And God's not against you living. God doesn't want you to sit at home and stare at a blank wall all night long. That's not what God wants you to do. God wants you to live, but he has principles. You know, so often believers live from one miracle to the next. You know, you're just, you're just miracle. I need a miracle for my rent this month. And then next month comes along. I need a miracle for my rent. And God comes through, but man, that's, that's a lot. God wants you to live by the principles that he's laid out. And as you live by his principles, a a stability comes in your life. And one of his principles is found in Proverbs, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6, verse number 20. 21, he says, for where your treasure is, what's your treasure? It's your time, your talent, and your money. Those are your, your time. Time is a treasure. Time is a treasure because you know it's the only thing that cannot be replaced. The only way to get more time is to use somebody else's. It's the only way to get more time. Your time, your talent, what, what God has gifted you with, and your money, your treasure. And he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Because here's the thing. Your heart follows your treasure. That's why when people, when they're tre- you know, people buy a new boat, buy a new boat, you know, as soon as somebody buys a new boat, man, their heart goes that direction because you just put a whole bunch of money in that boat. And then suddenly you're spending more and more time on that boat. You're giving more and more attention to that boat. What happened? Your heart followed your treasure. Your heart follows your treasure. You say, man, I want to have a heart for God. Put your treasure in where God is. 
I want to grow closer to the Lord. Put your treasure there, your time, your talent, your money. People are like, oh, you're talking about money. Yes, with no apologies. No apologies. My job is to preach the gospel. And the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So don't tell me, oh, I love Jesus. I love God with all my heart. And there's, there's no evidence of that. There's no evidence. Put your treasure where your heart is. And it says in Proverbs chapter 3, it says, Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Give him the first and the best. You know, this is the beginning of the year. You want a different year? Do it differently. Make a bold declaration. I'm going to do things God's way. I'm going to do, because if we were to go around the room and we were to ask every person, do you think God's way is the best way in a situation? We would all probably say, yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. But yet then we do the exact opposite. But here's the thing that really goofs us up. Then we want God's results. We want God results without doing it God's way. And then when it doesn't happen, who do we blame? God. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. It's like having a toaster and never plugging it in. And then complaining it never, it doesn't work. This toaster doesn't work. It doesn't toast toast. It doesn't do anything. It just sits there. It doesn't work. It's like, is it plugged in? Is it plugged in? I'll never forget the moment I knew that Pastor Scott was the man for me. The man for me. We were dating, and we were, uh, this is, we were um, down at a, a, an event that he was playing in, and playing music in, and so all, the car had all the music equipment in it, and we were coming back, and he said, oh, you want to go to Denny's? That's what you do when you're dating, you go to Denny's. Uh, I don't think we've been to Denny's one day since we've been married, not one. And uh, so we go to Denny's, we're sitting there, we go out, and we had borrowed my brother's car because uh, we needed all the equipment to be locked in because we're going down to sketchy neighborhood. And so we're in Denny's, we lock the car, we come out, and uh, the car won't start. car won't start. And so it's a five-speed. You young people, you have no idea what that is. Um, it's a five-speed. That means that you put it into gear as you go. And so anyway, so Scott, Scott says, hey, get in the car, and I'm going to push it. And when I tell you, let the clutch out, and it will start. I got it. So he pushes the car, and he's like, let it out, let the clutch out, nothing. So, you know, he does it like three times. And he's all sweaty, you know, and everything. And I see he's like, are you letting the clutch out? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He comes up to the window, and he says this, he says, is the key on? Is the, is the key on? And I looked and I said, no. No. Through all the sweat and everything. And, I, and he was like, and he kept his calm. He didn't raise his voice. He didn't say anything. He just very sweetly, very calmly said, he said, babe, the key needs to be on. Turn the key on. So I turn the key on. He pushes the car. I let the clutch out. Boom, we're off and going. I knew he was a man for me because he didn't freak out. But here's the thing. No matter how many times he did that action without the key on, it would have never started. 
would have never started. And see, we're, we're, we want all of God's results. We want the engine of our spiritual life to rev, don't we? We want it to rev. We want it to go. But if we want that, we got to do it God's way. That's the only way to get that. Everybody wants high spiritual result, but they don't want to turn the key and say, Lord, have your way in my life. I'll do it your way. So I want to encourage you today. It's time to turn the key on. Amen? It's time to go in the things of God. You've already done it your way. I've already done it my way. We've already done it the way everybody said to do it. We've already done it Oprah's way. We've already done it this person's way. Let's do it God's way. Amen? Let's do it God's way and see what happens. And you know what? We got his word. We've got his promise that what he promised would come to pass. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for all of us here.